I never would have met them any other way. I never would have driven a 66 Mustang or a 65 Corvair any other time in my life. You just form such a big bond with everyone. It's like one big family road trip. <laughs> this is Kinsey Wilson, and she just completed The Great Race, a grueling endurance competition where old cars and enthusiasts traveled thousands of miles across nine states. Kinsey was on a team sponsored by the RPM Foundation, along with her teammates, Olivia Gadjo, Noah Jackson, and Betty Parrish. And they drove a 1965 Corvair. This team was part of the X-Cup division of the great race, a division, it's important to note, that is made up entirely of high school and college-age students. RPM is the administrator of the Grants, Scholarships, and Team Choice Award for the X-Cup Division of the Great Race. This is Nick Ellis, Executive Director of the RPM Foundation. There's a huge skilled trade shortage that's facing uh, our country, vehicle restoration and preservation in particular. There's not a lot of young people getting into this field. And we want to basically offer as many opportunities as we can to the people who are genuinely passionate about pursuing a career in this field. This is Fuel for the Future, presented by State Farm Insurance and driven by America's Automotive Trust. I'm Michael May, and today's episode, The Great Race. So what is The Great Race? First of all, race is kind of a misnomer. Everybody thinks cannonball run when they hear The Great Race. Uh, great Race is a time, speed, distance rally. Your car has to be, or I'm going to say your vehicle has to be 1974 or older because we actually had three motorcycles in the race this year. Uh, but you've got a driver and a navigator team. Each morning you receive a set of instructions and you need to follow those instructions absolutely perfectly to the letter. Can't use GPS. You have to navigate strictly old school. If you follow those instructions perfectly, you'll hit a series of checkpoints at the exact second that you're meant to. That is, you know, the instructions will tell you, go 35 miles per hour down this road until you see this sign, then turn left, go 45 miles per hour. So if you think about that for a second, that's assuming that your car will go from 35 to zero immediately and then zero back up to 45 immediately. The navigator actually has to calculate how long it's going to take your car to slow down to zero, make that turn, and then accelerate to 45. So there's a, a ton of calculations and uh, math involved in this. There's synchronicity between the driver and the navigator. It's a terrific team building exercise. So I can't think of a better way to introduce a young person into this than to involve him in the great race. And so then I was like, okay, so what exactly are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really know. There was a few training sessions, but it's such a complex idea to wrap your head around, especially as a navigator, because there's so much, you have to follow the instructions and you have to tell the driver and there's a certain language you have to use and all the pictures and the words like on the instructions are kind of complicated. What got you interested in cars and driving and that kind of stuff? Um, my dad really wanted a boy and he got me. (laughs) So (laughs) I got to go along to all the car shows and there is a local drag strip literally two minutes down the road. And my dad's just a really big car guy. So he would have me help him fix the cars or just do little maintenance stuff here and there. And I was like, I actually 
kind of like this, I think. And then one day I was 13 and his friend brought over a Corvette and he was like, you want it? And I was like, I'm 13. What am I going to do with it? Like, yeah, it's gorgeous, but what am I going to do with it? Like, it's just going to sit there and tease me for the next three years until I can actually drive it. And my dad was like, well, the drag strip down the road just opened up a new category. It's called Junior Street and you could actually race this right now. So I was like, oh my God. Well, okay. Like I never thought about me driving, especially at 13. So I was like, okay, let's try it. So I actually bought the car with my own money when I was 13 years old and I was in love. So it just kind of grew from there. I've tried a bunch of different types of racing and I actually ended up going to school for my undergrad for motorsport management, which is like a business degree in motorsports. If you had your ideal dream job around cars, what would that be? Something within F1. I love Formula One. I like the fact that it travels the world and it's very immersive. You get to see every bit of the world, the good, the bad, the ugly. Like it's, I just love it. And the tracks are different every time you go. And it's so fast paced. Like there's new drivers and new teams. And I love all the change. And that I just, I don't know exactly where in Formula One I want to be, but I know it's in Formula One somewhere. This was Kenzie Wilson's second year with the RPM team. Last year, she was a navigator, and this year, a driver. Now, she is not unique in her pursuits. A lot of the other participants in the X Cup division, including her teammates, are working hard to achieve their dreams in various automotive fields. But before we go any further, as someone who loves history, I think it's important to know more about how the great race came to be. The current iteration has hundreds of entrants, five different divisions, awards, cash prizes, and it's been going on for over 30 years. But you can trace its origins back a very long time. The great race uh, actually began 115 years ago with the original great race, which was from New York to Paris. This is Jeff Mall. He's one of the main supporters and masterminds behind the X-Cup division of The Great Race. I guess that uh, you could say that uh, Great Race was in my genes, uh, certainly in the lineage of uh, my great-grandfather who won the very first Great Race. His record uh, in that Great Race has not been uh, equaled in over 115 years. He's held the record for off-road. In his case, there were no roads in 1908. Automotive endurance racing, and he is now in the Automotive Hall of Fame in Detroit, right next to Henry Ford and Ransom Moles, who said that that New York to Paris race in 1908 was impossible. It's exciting to meet somebody like Jeff Mall because The first thing I think of when I hear great race is the 1908 race from New York to Paris. It was the first and still only around the world endurance race with automobiles. And think for a moment, even if you don't know a lot about cars, what automotive technology was like in 1908. And think about the roads at the time. In fact, there were only a few hundred miles of paved roads in the entire country. These events and the historic 1907 Peking to Paris race were competitions that pitted drivers and mechanics and manufacturers and countries all against each other using this still new technology that was changing the world, cars. 
That 1908 race was won by the American team in a Thomas Flyer, driven primarily by George Schuster, who as we've said is Jeff Mall's great-grandfather. Long-distance competitions are part of the tradition of automobiles, and they continue today to inspire the next generation. Here's more from Jeff Mall. Today's great race is a modern version of that race, has crisscrossed the United States, covering every state in the Union. The X Cup division is comprised of high school and uh, college teams from throughout the U.S. This year, uh, 2023, we had a total of eight teams, and uh, that variety of young people is what the X Cup division is all about. Uh-huh. And what's unique about the X Cup, in your opinion, in terms of what the students are receiving for participating? X Cup is a little different than uh, most approaches to engaging youth uh, in the classic car hobby. Uh, we're firm believers in giving them hands-on experience outside of a classroom and what many of us uh, as adults would consider bucket list experiences. The XCUP students are a bit different than the adult divisions. The adult divisions uh, carry with it first prize uh, in the grand champion class of $50,000. So this is, a, this is a major competition. We felt it important that uh, since the youth do not win, um, cash awards, cash prizes, that we do two things. First, we make it affordable for young teams. Great Race has been extremely supportive in waiving the entry fee for the X Cup teams. We have teamed up with RPM Foundation with the umbrella of the American Automotive Trust and we award each of these young teams a $2,500 grant that the faculty advisor can use to cover expenses associated with the race. At the end of the race, the teams are awarded um, scholarships. And the interesting thing about X Cup scholarships is that the qualification includes a requirement for advanced education in an automotive-related field. Now, that can be at a trade school, that can be at a two-year program, a four-year program, uh, as long as the training or education has an automotive component. Those scholarships are awarded to the teams in the order of their finish. So the competitive aspect is very, very much maintained. And in many cases, uh, these young people are, are able to pursue their higher education as a result of the support of these scholarships. And here's Nick Ellis of the RPM Foundation again. We started out as a grant-giving organization about uh, 18 years ago. And over the years, we've added outreach programs and most recently an apprenticeship program to our uh, repertoire of ways of helping young people get involved in the industry. So you mentioned that there's a, a shortage of these skilled workers in this field. Yeah. What do you think is the generational difference with the the younger generations right now growing up? Why are they less interested in these skilled 
and specifically speaking, automotive kind of tracks? Yeah, I'm very glad you asked that question. I don't think it's a generational difference so much as it is the push starting in the 70s and 80s for all people to pursue a four-year college career. That push resulted in the sideline, uh, the sidelining of the skilled trades. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much a lack of interest. I think it's a lack of opportunity. I think that there are not enough opportunities being put in front of young people to get involved in this. When you talk with young people, even ones that are in an automotive technology or collision repair program, and you float the idea of actually working on classic cars, they kind of light up like they've never even considered that this is a possibility. So I hear a lot of people who want to kind of slam the next generation saying, you know, nobody wants to work anymore. They're not interested in cars. We can't get them off their phones. I, I reject that. I think that that's on us. That's on the generation that came before to enlighten and encourage this generation to take part in in what we find to be so valuable. Are you, are you involved with all the X-Cup teams or just a few? We do the recruiting for the okay. X-Cup teams. So new X-Cup teams that come in, we help them get acclimated to um, what the rules are for the X-Cup. We help them come up with fundraising strategies because even though that entry fee is waived, even though you receive the $2,500 in grant funding, the actual expenses are actually quite a bit higher. Uh, mm-hmm. To put things in perspective, I think our uh, individual RPM X Cup team, I think we ended up at about $18,000 to run that team. If you don't mind, I'd like to start with last year's team because yeah. we had a, a great presence, this team from last year's team. So last year, we really wanted to do something different. We had an all-female team in the race and they drove a 1966 Mustang that was borrowed from LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. And that team had two young navigators, uh, Kinsey Wilson and Olivia Gaggio. Uh, This year, Kinsey and Olivia both came back as drivers for our team, and we got two new navigators, Noah Jackson and Betty Parrish. Noah and Betty, I believe, are both 17 years old. So we had a really young team. By the end of last year's great race, I was like, wow, that was the coolest thing I have ever done. (laughs) And I didn't know going into it how cool it was actually going to be. So this year, I was so excited because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm coming back again as a driver. Like I was super excited to drive. It was a new route, new team. I was like, this is going to be awesome. And it was, of course. It's always so much fun. Kinsey, tell me about the the start of the race. And then what's it like to actually participate? What are you doing during the race? Yeah. So the start this year was in St. Augustine, Florida. So basically, everyone starts in one location. And it's like a big car show. So there's a bunch of people there. They have the announcers announcing each car as they take off, like who's driving, who's navigating, the story behind the car, what car they're in, stuff like that. So then you get out and you have to go through all the crowds to actually get to the starting point. We have to do a calibration run because you have a speedometer given to you by the great race so that everyone's on the same system. It's called a time-wise. So you have to calibrate your time-wise to your car every day. So then you have a start time. And as soon as you start, you're on. Like, there's stoplights, stop signs, turns, so many different types of instructions 
you have to go a certain speed for a certain amount of time and then speed up. And that's what I'm saying. You have to like calculate all the speeds lost and gain and like figure out the time and stuff like that. Because as you go throughout the day, there's different checkpoints that you hit. So once you hit a checkpoint, that time is that time. It doesn't change. And then once you get to the finish line, that's when you get your times. And if you got a perfect time on any of the legs, you got an ace. So those are really hard to come by. And a lot of teams that have done it for multiple years never get an ace. And we got five. So it was really awesome. Like our navigators killed it. Like I was super excited to drive. It was just like dive in head first and figure it out. (laughs) As a navigator last year, your first time out, part of me would think that that's the harder job between the two. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely there's so much math because you have to figure out like the time loss between stops and turns, or if you get held up by a train, you have to figure all that out on the go and then trying to figure out the next instruction and making sure your driver remembers it and that you're communicating clearly. Like I thought I was going to come as a driver and be like, oh, this is going to be so easy. They're just going to tell me what to do. Yeah. But then hearing instructions and executing it and remembering like we were on a lot of country roads that went for miles like it would be 30 minutes in between instructions so both parts are definitely hard but I think the navigation part definitely has more like math and solving and like you use your brain more definitely Mm -hmm. and normally there's one driver and one navigator. So if it's like you and your best friend and y'all want to do it, y'all can go out in your car and practice and then be set for the great race. The RPM Foundation team is a little bit different. We got our car loaned to us from someone in California who saw the New York Times article from last year's great race. And he was like, hey, this is really cool. Do you want to use my car? And of course, we're like, "Um, yes, thank you. (laughs) So Then on the team aspect side of it, you can have more than one driver and one navigator. So we actually had two drivers and two navigators. I was a driver from Texas. Our other driver was from New York. One of our navigators is from Florida and the other one was from Tennessee. What did you think of the Corvair? I had never even heard of a 65 Corvair. I was like, what is that? And then I saw it in person. I was like, this is kind of cool. And then everyone like we were telling everyone what car we were in and there was a 50 50 oh my gosh you're gonna love it or oh my gosh you're gonna hate it reaction and I was like okay well I don't know what is going on (laughs) so I'm just gonna figure it out and I loved it like it handled so good we had no problems for such a like small car and like I understood what they were saying about you're gonna hate it like the engines in the back this that the other It did so well. Like it was the perfect car for the race and we had so much fun with it. Oh, that's great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I've always been a fan of Corvairs and they do get a bad rap. And so it's, I find it really awesome that you were getting about a 50-50 because that's kind of what I would expect of people saying you're going to love it or hate it. Like, like I said, I had never heard of them. And like, once I saw it, I was like, oh, it's kind of cute. And then like we drove it and I was like, whoa, this car knows like, how to handle and then at every single stop people were like crowding us and I was like is something wrong with our car and they're like oh my gosh you're in a Corvair like they were so excited to see a Corvair in the great race it was so cool like people were coming to the stops just to see our car I was like whoa this is like a secret club like this is cool (laughs) 
what was the the end of the race like for your team? We did a lot better, I think, than we expected. Um, the end of the race was a little tricky because it was in Colorado, so the altitude's different, and the car didn't like the hills with that altitude. So holding speed was really tricky, but for the most part, we did really, really good. But then we crossed the finish line and like Noah's parents surprised him and it was just so cool. Like Olivia's parents were there. My dad was with us for the beginning of the race. So it was cool, like seeing everyone and like coming together and like, we did it. (laughs) Would you suggest this experience to anybody else that's growing up in their, you know, late teens, early 20s, looking at a future in automotives, whatever it may be. Yeah, I would 100% recommend it. There was no, the only downside was that we had hot dogs a lot. Because <laughs> at all the stops, it's just an easy thing to feed however many people. But that's like the only downside. You really form a bond and you get to know like who the people are that you're in a car with for eight plus hours a day. It's so hard to explain the great race, like what it is, how it works, like all the things that you take out of it. But like I said, I went into it totally blind and I came out like a whole new person. I was like, that was the coolest thing ever. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, and the RPM foundation is great. Like Nick especially was there This year, he was there the whole way, which was really, really cool for us because last year he went up until a certain point and then he met us at the finish line. Uh But it was so cool like for him to be there every single day and like us getting to tell him, this is what we saw today. This is like what we did, how we did. Like It was just so cool seeing him at every finish line. And he had the biggest smile like watching us cross the finish line. I was like, oh, we made him proud. (laughs) Like It was just awesome. And here's Nick. This is probably my favorite story of the whole thing. Um, When we stopped in Wichita, Kansas, that day it hit 108 degrees. I felt so bad for these team members. You know, we had all four of them in the car at all time. They roll into Wichita, Kansas. And one of the things you have to do, you get your times for that day. And if you disagree with any of the timekeeping, you have to go and dispute it right away. Mm. So I kind of expected them to roll into town and just spill out of the car in a lump and just, you know, drink a bunch of fluids. Well, they immediately were running to challenge their time. Well, right at the same time, this gentleman had come up and introduced himself and he was from the Mid-Continent Corvair Club. He was the vice president of the Mid-Continent Corvair Club. He had seen on social media that somebody had posted a picture of our Corvair in the race. And he said, Oh, they're going to Wichita next. I'll go and I'll go and meet them there. So I felt kind of bad because it was like, Hey, Hey guys, my name's Bill. I'm with the uh, Midcontinent, And they're like, yeah, great. Nice to meet you. We got to go. And they all run to, like, to challenge <laughs> their times. Well, so I'm there and I'm making small talk with them. And when they come back, I introduced them to Bill and he asked them, how's the Corvair running? And they said, really good. But when you hit the brakes, it pulls a little to one side. And I said, well, I think it might be one of the brake hoses is getting swollen with the heat. Uh And he said, well, I've got spare brake hoses. Do you guys need some help changing them? And we said, sure. And so at 10 o'clock at night in the hotel parking lot, this 1964 Corvair convertible pulls up 
and a couple other pickup trucks pull up and all these guys from the Cork Bear Club pop out of their cars and help us with changing out the brake hoses. And again, I was very specific. You know, I want to make sure that the kids are the ones doing the hands-on work. So they just kind of stood by and directed them on how to do it correctly. They showed them how to pull the brake drums off and adjust the brakes. And we got that car back together and running at probably one o'clock in the morning. And, you know, these guys thought that they really just Bill thought that he was going to come by and just kind of say hi to us and, you know, and yeah. kind of send us on our way. And instead he ended up there for like five or six hours <laughs> helping us with the car. And when, you know, when I talk about what the foundation does and what we're trying to achieve in bringing the next generation into this industry, but also into the culture, that's what I'm hoping we can sustain. That's the, the spirit of somebody just really loving this car. And, you know, he could have said, well, that's tough. I'm going to go home and watch TV and put my feet up. But he not only came out to help us, but he got a whole group of his friends to come out and help us too. The rally's over. Obviously, next year is going to come up very quick. But again, what are your goals with the RPM Foundation and youth? What are you hoping that this event and more that you can work on can do to encourage younger people to get involved with mechanics, automobiles? Well, specific to the great race, the goal for the X Cup is to increase participation to 10 X Cup teams. Um, And we've seen great growth. Last year, we had four X Cup teams. This year, we had eight. So ideally, I'd really like to get us to a point where there's actually a waiting list to get into the X Cup. And in that way, it becomes kind of a prestigious thing to Mm -hmm. have an X Cup team in the race. In order to do that, we're going to need to increase fundraising. You know, I mean, with 10 teams, that's $25,000 in uh, grants that need to be given. We also give scholarships to automotive and uh, mechanical engineering students that are on those teams. So we want to be able to give um, a relative amount of uh, scholarships that's uh, appropriate for those amount of teams. And then, of course, we still have the Team Choice Award. So more teams, more fundraising to support those teams for the XCAP. In general, um, for RPM, you know, I mentioned that we've always been uh, a grant-giving organization, and we've kind of branched out into doing these outreach programs and most recently the apprenticeship program. So where we're trying to make a difference here is we're putting together this curriculum for shops to offer to apprentices so that when they, when students come out of a really competent high school automotive technology or collision repair program, instead of going to a post-secondary, they can go directly into an apprenticeship at one of these shops. And instead of paying money to learn these, these concepts, they're actually earning. And RPM can be there with supportive services and, uh, and grants to assist them through um, through that educational process. So that's where I really see RPM having a significant impact in the next few years. I'd love to ask you about the scholarships that you provide to the, the team members. Can you talk to me a little bit more about that? Sure. So each team is given the opportunity for their individual members to apply for scholarship funding. And it's specific to automotive and mechanical engineering. 
So if you have an interest in those fields and you're on an XCUP team, you can apply to us for funding. And the way we do that is wherever your team places in the rankings overall is how those scholarships are given out. So the highest placed team will have the largest share of, of the scholarship funding. So there's incentive to perform well within the X Cup. But really the only requirement is that you finish. So if your team, if you have to push that car over the finish line, <laughs> your, your team members, any of the team members who apply for scholarship funding will receive scholarship funding. Nice. And describe what the team choice award is. Yeah. So I like this. Uh, this is Jeff Mall's uh, brainchild. And I, I just really love it. There's This award is really for whichever team embodies the spirit of the X Cup. There is that spirit of helpfulness and camaraderie. So the X Cup teams, because a lot of them are mechanical students, automotive students, when other cars are having issues, a lot of times you'll see an X-Cup team there helping those teams get their car back on the road. We look at which of those teams has really participated the most in helping the other teams and really representing the X-Cup division the best. And whichever organization is behind that team receives the uh, $1,000 uh, X-Cup Team Choice Award. Who won it this year? It was the early Ford V8 Foundation Museum. Uh, oh, cool. They, this is uh, Craig Floyd and his team. There, Craig Floyd is the president of the board for the early Ford V8 Foundation. He and that team did so much to make sure that the other teams were prepared for this. They actually um, had several of the cars shipped to their museum in Auburn, Indiana, so they could do a run through on the cars install the time-wise speedometers, make sure that they're in good running condition for the race. They did that for the RPM car as well. In addition to that, there was a team that didn't have a car and they loaned that team a 1950 Ford so that they could participate in the race. So that's you know a great indication of what the Team Choice Award is all about, who out there is making sure that the other teams are successful in addition to their own. Great, great. Is there anything you would like to add? Any final thoughts or a, a, an interesting story from the rally that you didn't get to talk about? There actually is. I yeah. I keep talking about how the race is really about camaraderie and team building. And our team finished in Colorado Springs. The race finished in Colorado Springs. So the plan was the day after the finish of the race for everybody to fly back home. And what I did was I drove the Corvair from Colorado Springs to Tacoma, Washington, so it can be displayed at the Lime America's Car Museum. So it was Monday morning of last week when I'm, you know, getting making sure that the team is ready and about to get on the way to their flights. And two of our different team members, Noah's mother and sister, came out to cheer him on at the at the finish line. And Olivia's mother and father came to encourage her at the finish line. So I'm in the lobby of the hotel and I'm making sure everybody's, you know, on their way, getting to the airport. And they come up to me and they said, Hey, we're actually going to stay a couple extra days. That was the best part of the whole thing to me that these young people who had never met before 
wanted to spend more time together after the race was done. They weren't ready to say goodbye. Listening and learning about this event, it's evident that this team valued the experience above winning. It's a very inspiring group, and I wanted to know more about Kinsey's future plans and how RPM, X-Cup, and all of her experiences may help her. Are you done with your undergrad? Done with my undergrad, getting my master's in Italy. So tell me about that. Yeah, so I leave next Saturday. (laughs) I found a program at the Bologna Business School they have a global MBA for supercars, superbikes, and motorsports. But I remember one of the questions they asked me in my interview was, you know, you're kind of young and you're going to be working in group settings with people who have more experience than you. Like, what? Like, how are you going to handle that? I was like, well, I know I'm young. I'm also a female and I'm also American. So I've got a lot of things going against me that could also be advantages. I've had to prove myself up until this point, and I'm going to have to keep doing that in the world of motorsports as a woman. So I'm not scared of like the obstacles. Like I want the challenge. And so I got accepted and yeah, now I leave in literally less than two weeks and I start in September. I can't help but reflect on the power of passion and how it transcends generations. In an era where many of our children are growing up amidst a digital revolution, taking Ubers, working remotely, these participants of the X-Cup division, despite their distinctive paths, they share something universal, something we can all relate to. Passion. Whether it's for mechanics or artificial intelligence, passion drives innovation, progress, and ultimately shapes the future. The RPM Foundation is more than just an organization aiding these students on their journey through the great race. It helps support younger generations explore, innovate, and carry forth a legacy. This has been Fuel for the Future, presented by State Farm and driven by America's Automotive Trust. Learn more at americasautomotivetrust.org. And I encourage you all to follow the show on your favorite listening apps. And if you can, rate and leave a review. Learn how to get involved with the Great Race and the X-Cup division at greatrace.com. More information will be provided in the show notes. Additionally, our next episode is a follow-up with Jeff Mall, where I got to discuss in way more detail the crazy, sensational, and dramatic 1908 Great Race from New York to Paris. It is worth a listen. Thank you all very much. I'm Michael May, and a special thank you to Nick Ellis, Kinsey Wilson, Jeff Mall, and everyone at AAT.